Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brown Taboo Project. I'm Sri, coming at you from Denver. I'm Tanya, coming at you from D.C. I'm Shreya in New York. And I am Trinish in sunny San Diego. Which um, apparently is kind of rainy today. <laughs> which is apparently kind of rain. Yes, that's very true. Um, <laughs> so for today's episode, I thought it would be kind of cool to talk about Desi American pop culture. Um, which is like, I guess this is something that we've talked about in some of our workshops about what it means to be a third culture kid. So you have the culture of your parents' country and you have the culture of your, or the majority culture of your country of residence. But the way that uh, most of us who grew up kind of in between those experience it is not necessarily like some of the first and some of the second to some extent it's almost like its own culture its own like third culture somewhere in the middle and um in pop culture or like media in general is like a big part of that um so i wanted to ask y'all that when you were growing up during your formative years um still I know forming that- personally party <laughs> <laughs> um like if there were any like desi american like media or pop culture or anything that y'all remember were in that were like, yeah, that y'all remember. I mean, the like typical ones, a poo from the Simpsons. And then, did you identify with the poo? I actually did because he's from Kolkata. Wait, a poo is supposed to be Bangali? Yeah. Are you serious? That's not a Bengali Plus, accent. Apu is from like, you know, like Apu Shongshar. It's like a central character in Satyajit Rai's films. And, um, You're bringing so much complexity to the fucking Simpsons. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Also, it was like the first, I don't know. It was like a kind of accent. And at the time, I thought that was funny. <laughs> and then Russell Peters came along. Russell Peters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, you know... Somebody gonna get hurt. There's a lot that can be said about Russell Peters. But at the time, I was super into him because he looked like me and he said shit like me. And he was also Bengali. Is he actually? Wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, he's an Anglo Indian. But no, no, he's Anglo Indian. I didn't know he was Bengali. So Anglo Indian, for those who are not familiar with the term, is not um, does not mean like half English, half Indian. It's well, wait, does it? No. What is it? That's what I thought it meant. Or like descended from both. Yeah. I guess it's like, hmm, never mind. It's <laughs> like really ready that. to drop some knowledge. <laughs> I was, I was so, my brain is, I'm going to have the spite of my orange on mute and hope that the spite of NC like kicks in. Wait, Hold I on. might have lied about him being Bengali. Yeah, I don't think he is. <laughs> I was, I think he, maybe, ha- I don't know. Maybe I'm getting mixed up with Mindy Kaling. Wikipedia. It's hard with sure these that- coconut media folk. Wait, so is Apu actually supposed to be Bengali? Okay, but his last name. Apu definitely, he definitely, they like mentioned that he's from Calcutta in the show. 
Well, oh. Maybe he's from Calcutta, but not Bangali because yeah, his last name I thought it was something, and like okay. his also, accents. Also he's also a character written and voiced by white people, so right. Right. maybe I you shouldn't his, read too much. Yeah, into I don't think the they did accuracy <laughs> of his character. I mean, the, his last name is I'm pretty sure made up. Like, Nahas Samipa Petilan. That's whatever. a real last name. Yeah, in, in yeah. any culture, like that again. He was written by yeah. I think it's meant to be just like, oh, Indian people and their weirdly long last names that no one can pronounce. Like, mm-hmm. here's <laughs> you know. I think that was why it's almost surprising for me to hear that you did identify with Apu. It, like, I definitely recognized Apu as like, this is what the representation of us is. But I never was like, yeah, that's me. Because it, it felt like a caricature. Like, it didn't feel like a real oh, person yeah. at all. So I guess I should clarify and the way that i related to him it was like a frame of reference so like people found the simpsons funny and i could relate so and and like i could like do the apu impressions and like people would find me funny mm-hmm. because of that and so like that's how i related so if you're... we're talking about like things i saw myself in i guess the first time was like bend it like beckham oh yeah that was a good mm. one that was that actually felt oh, like a like more the very first time mm-hmm. i forgot about that that did feel like a more real representation of like really navigating these worlds and mm-hmm. that coming together in her like being like yes you can be the soccer star and be okay with the mm-hmm. burns on your thighs and have jonathan reese myers as your boyfriend <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly Just unachievable dreams <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And it was also, I think, the first time that, I don't know, you get, y'all chime in if, if this was accurate for you too, but you know when she like lists like the ethnic groups that are okay to marry or date and it's like <laughs> whites are okay and then like, you know, but and then it's like blacks and then like Muslims, like uh-uh. Or something like that. And it was like, you you kind of knew, but like nobody had ever actually like listed it out. Like this group's okay. This group's okay. This group, definitely no. Mm-hmm. Any yeah. of that makes sense. Sure. No, it does. It does. Yeah. <laughs> I'm totally butchering the actual scene, but yeah, I don't know. What about everyone else? Yeah. Ben to like Beckham, I think was like one of the first films that I was like, oh, like this is, this could be my life, but I don't play soccer. <laughs> and I have no athletic ability, but like whatever. And I don't have a boyfriend or prospective boyfriend as hot as Jonathan Ms. Myers, but whatever. Nobody has Will a you prospective ever? boyfriend. You were also in the middle school at ever? the time. <laughs> right. But it was Slash also best friends with Kira Knightley at the same time. Like what? Right. Just like hot people everywhere. But anyway. Um but it was a, it was like the thing the the struggle of like expectations and almost like almost like comically rigid expectations, right? Mm-hmm. Where she was like, your roti is not round, you know? And like, my mom was not making me do rotis, but mm-hmm. like, you could definitely translate that mm-hmm. to some part of Bengali culture or Indian culture, South Asian culture that we grew up in, the four of us grew up in. And yeah, like it was very, like the struggle was very, very similar, you know? In the struggle of, was real. It was very yeah. real in terms of having to conform to something very specific that, that just wasn't realistic because we're growing up in a different world. And like, it was the thing of like, are you blind? Like, can you not see that we're not in Punjab anymore? We're not in, you know, Calcutta or Kolkata anymore. Like I live in a different world and you have to recognize that. But yeah. So. I also remember with Bennett, like Beckham, this is actually 
a unique part of like my association with that movie and why it, it resonated for me. Um, so at the time, at least DC still had a women's soccer team mm. and a friend of, they still do. Well, but didn't for a while, but so, um, my, so ma, her, one of her coworkers was like quite into soccer. And so she was going to one of the practices. Um, and they, I guess like were actually there promoting the movie. Um, uh, what's her name? What's the actress's name? Which one? Barminder Nagra. There we go. Barminder Nagra and Kira Knightley were both at this like rehearsal or practice. Um, and they were signing the posters. And so oh my, my mom's coworker, having never met us as the kids, but just was like, Hey, you're Indian. You have children. <laughs> and like got this poster signed and gave it to her to give to us. And so like even that recognition from a white American colleague of Ma's who doesn't even know us, but being like, Hey, this is cool. Like this movie's about to come out and they're doing promo. So I got a signed poster for your kids. So I feel like there's that association with it for me as well to the point where I had um we and we had it up in our study room so it was like this inspiring like yes we got it you could bend it like back up <laughs> as you're like 2 a.m doing your homework in the study room that's awesome cool yeah I really cool. I, re- I remember the movie like after re-watching it when I was a little bit older it has like a gay character mm-hmm. uh, which is also very like um progressive for a movie that came out in 2002 Mm -hmm. um just like in general but i what i really liked about the movie is that it was such a perfect representation of how like us kids tend to rebel (laughs) um and like the way like i feel like it's like it was hard to find people that had the same mindset that we do or like to see that in media and bended like beckham did it very well like, yeah. So I Do you just, mean like rebelling by running away to go play soccer? Is that how you also? Well, <laughs> well, that that is ex- exactly what I did to a T, including um, with Jonathan Reese Myers. But <laughs> um, don't we all dream? <laughs> but uh, you know, it's just it's just pretty cool because you uh, like even. Like, it was nice to see even that, like, there was, like, a model of, like, what it could be to, like, rebel, if that makes sense, Um, as, like, a kid. Or that rebelling was an option, even. And it had a relatively happy ending, right? Mm -hmm. It totally had a happy ending. I was like, she gets the boy, and she gets to play soccer. Hmm. Kira figures out her sexuality. Like it's all right. Like yeah. everything works out. That's the mom gets over herself. Nice. Like, right. Know, both of the moms actually. Yes. The desi mom and the white mom both get over themselves. <laughs> the yeah. best. The best line for that entire movie though was the grandma at the you know at the wedding scene when everything <laughs> comes to their climax and she's like, "Your daughter's a lesbian," and she's like, "Lesbian." I thought she was a Pisces. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> like, I, you know, Grandma doesn't have any idea. Grandma just loves you no matter what, whether you're a Pisces or Pisces. It was the best line. That's There's like actually a, a uh, Bend It Like Becca musical out now in Toronto. Did not know that. Mm. Yeah. Vacation? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Team outing. <laughs> um but yeah Tanya did you have any other ones that stick out to you that are like these worlds brought together for you I'm trying to think because I I feel like I had a weird 
you know, as I was growing up. So, you know, when I moved to the United States, when I was, I had my 10th birthday here. And then up until I would say some way through high school, like I was very, I don't know how, like, I think I was part of me was homesick and stuff like that. I didn't partake in like American movies or music or anything like that. Like I was very like in my little world of listening to A.R. Rahman on loop and like watching all the Bollywood movies with my parents and stuff like that. It was sometime in high school that, you know, things with like, by like Beckham, like my world started opening up more, like my music and all that stuff. Um, and then you had your Evanescence and Nickelback <laughs> right, face, exactly. which I remember <laughs> because I was there. And, uh, Those are very different artists. Let's <laughs> be very clear about that. <laughs> Evanescence, Nickelback, very different, very different. I was going through my emo phase, okay? I was trying to figure out who the hell I was. Um, I didn't have any emo clothes because I couldn't do that because Ma would not allow it. But um, on the inside, I was very emo, okay? <laughs> so, um, I don't know. We have to think about it. I'm trying to figure out. Like, Ben and like Beckham was one of the one of the very like formative ones for sure. I can't remember. Yeah. So I'm gonna. There was. I'm gonna throw out there. So I, I feel like y'all will remember these as well. But my dorkiness, I suppose, is that a lot of it was through books, and mm. that's more where I felt it. So shout out to if y'all remember American Born Confused Busy. Oh my God! Yes, and then actually, Dimpolala. Dimpolala. <laughs> yep. And that book, I think, was so formative for me. Of like, and actually, because I would say even more. I mean, and maybe not, maybe not surprisingly, but like the literature representation felt even more real in terms of struggling between worlds and her parents being like very liberal overall and being very. Um, comfortable and flexible with her, but then like just her own journey of learning more about both sides of her culture and getting deeper into the complexity of the culture overall. And as she's also struggling through her friendships and like making a connection and um, just going through that whole thing. And it was such a common thing during that time, right? To be an AB, ABCD, but so um yeah. And then I guess, and I remember in that book too, they had it like all the way down to Z. There was like a full American oh, born confused, they see blah, 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 blah. Oh. Yeah, like EFG going mm-hmm. on and on. Um, but yeah, it was so born confused is, is the book itself. And just that piece of like, yeah, this really fits. And it's a whole literature representation of this experience. And it felt mm-hmm. very real. And I loved that one. And then the other one that I have to bring Who's up. that by? Sorry. Um, Sanusa Desai Hidier. Who actually we'll put it in the show notes. Uh yeah, put it in the show notes. Tatan, do you remember we went to um one of the what is it called? Is it the American The National Book, Book Festival? Yes, she in came Washington. to one of them yeah, oh, she wow. did. several years ago and I got to meet her and she was so nice and I didn't I didn't I was stupid. I didn't bring the book with me, but she signed like one of the pamphlets. I now have it like inside the book as a bookmark. Oh, cool. <laughs> so she was so nice and she smelled amazing and she was just a really nice person. Um, so yeah, that was my little like celebrity moment. I was like, ah, hi. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And I actually, I, I think part of what I remember too is her picture was on the back jacket mm-hmm. and she's beautiful too. And I think yes. it, like that was, it was like, I've always wanted to be a writer and it felt like, wow, like this is a, this is an author who actually I can see myself in, in some way and like see that representation of, of those cultures. Um, 
So that was one. And then the other one, and this, I don't know if others read this at all, because I think Born Confused went around in the community a lot and a lot of people read it. Um, but another similar experience of like a book representation that kind of stood out to me. Um, did y'all ever read, it's called A Great and Terrible Beauty. And it was a series by Libba Bray. Mm-hmm. I've heard of it, but I never read it. So this was, so it's set in like the 1800s, like late 1800s, early 1900s. And it's in England. And it's about all these girls who are at a boarding school together. Um, but she, the, the girl is, she's like growing up in India. So she's white, but she's like, she's a colonist, but <laughs> she's growing up in India. And then she gets shipped off to boarding school um, in the UK. And so that part of it, but what really stuck out to me was her friend had a love interest and his name was Karthik. And he is this like super hot Indian dude. And you never hear about super hot mm. Indian dudes. Especially, and so like that, and you know, describes him in all these like sumptuous ways, and to be like, yeah, like our people can be sexy, and they can be the object of desire for these like white girls in this boarding school, whatever, whatever. So I think that was also a good one for me that maybe didn't get as popular overall, but like my group of friends was reading that, I was like, yeah, Karthik, yeah, Karthik, you show them how it's done. (laughs) (laughs) Another another really big book. Um, was the namesake? Yes, yeah, um, for sure. which was also a movie. Um, I remember reading that in high school, and I had like two main thoughts. The first one was that on the very like first page of the book, it describes the mom putting together um, a snack called chal muri while she was pregnant. And I remember reading that and being like, holy shit, like, that's, that's my life. Like, <laughs> I, like, I made Chad Mori to read this book. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was so interesting. And then just like, you know, seeing so many aspects of like, our lives reflected in this character, especially because um, Chumpa Lahiri is, is also Bengali. <laughs> Bengali, yeah. Specifically. And beautiful. And, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> But I also remember because I read this book in high school and I felt like it was outdated. I remember reading it and thinking that too. Yeah. Because because he wasn't like bringing his girlfriends home or what, what made you feel like it was a yeah. little out of outdated? Because I think that, well, the, the thought I had at the time, and again, this is, I have like no, um, I guess like proof of this. This is just like what like came to mind is that like, um because at least for me like i grew up around like a very strong desi community i don't think i felt the like kind of like am i brown do i reject my brown culture blah 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 like i don't think i felt it as strongly as the character Google. in that book did yes as google did and i in it, and and it almost felt like especially cuz like i'm like you know, I'm like 22. And so it's, um, I felt like maybe brown kids who grew up primarily in the like 80s or 90s, which is what happens in the book. is Like um, 70s, 80s even. Yeah, yeah. It's like more representative of them than it was. It was like very like me. first wave South Asian immigration. Yeah, yeah. As opposed also- to us. I feel Did like, you like relate more to the mom than to Gogol? 
Because that's how I remember feeling. Really? Because there's at one point she's like at work or something and she keeps like um, hot mix in her drawers or something <laughs> like that. And I just remember like, oh, that's such a good detail. There are so many good details around the mom. Yeah. I just really, the mom's character really resonated with me, which is weird because <laughs> you are supposed to be the son. <laughs> Yeah, no, but again, I, I think it goes back to like Tatan's point of like we did grow up with a like very healthy appreciation for our culture, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I'm sure there are. I mean, of course, there are points where I was like trying to hide it or whatever with my friends at school or and things. But I don't know. I guess reading it, I didn't. I, I don't know. I just didn't really relate to Google as much as the mom. Um, I I think I see that too. Where like I, in the book and the movie, I've, I related more to like. The, the mom and dad and like their mm-hmm. the whole coming here and all that stuff and like you know because I you know Tatan and I emigrated here and again I had my 10th birthday Tatan was very young he was um sorry I keep saying Tatan Trinish my younger brother Trinish strategy um mm-hmm. <laughs> um he was two so you know my experience is a little bit different from what some of the people that I grew up with who were either born here or came here at a very young age where like it's seamless. Mm-hmm. But to me, I had an entire life in India and then we moved here. So like yeah. there's a distinct break in my life where like I was in India and now, you know, and then here. And now it's weird to even think that like I've spent 20 years in this country and like the majority mm-hmm. of my life here, but I haven't forgotten all the stuff there, right? Have like very deep roots there and stuff. So like in that way, I related more to the, more to the mom and dad. And like their struggle and of coming here, um, but then I will say, like I definitely have friends here who are close to me who have had that crisis of like, oh, am I American or am I Indian? Do I reject mm-hmm. my brown identity? And I know that there's um, yeah. there's a couple of like mashis and stuff in in you know who are close to us and their kids, for example, don't speak Bangla. Yeah, and in, in when we we talk about it every once in a while of like them either choosing not to teach them Bangla or the kids rejecting it and them being like, okay, whatever. Because it was like, no, you're, you're living in America. So you're going to be American. So it's fine. But now like seeing how close everyone else is to their culture or whatever, like there's a sense of regret of why didn't I teach them my culture? Why didn't, you know, why weren't we more entrenched? Why didn't we take dance lessons Mm -hmm. or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think, sorry, I'm like rambling, but there's Ramble, one little man. other thing that I find very interesting because we were talking about how entrenched we are in the culture, right? And how much we've gotten of it. And I think we're super lucky because, and I think we're also unique because not everyone is like that. And I think we forget that. Mm-hmm. And I will say that some of my you know, childhood friends who are in India now um, and my cousins who are in India are for lack of a better word, a lot less cultured than we are here. They, you know, they don't partake in, and I'm not saying dance and music is the only way, but like, you know, in terms of like how much we look forward to Pujo and like how we like to dress up and like all the stuff that I think like we are like so excited about to them. It's like, ugh, it's just, it's every day. It doesn't matter. Like who cares? Right. Like, you know, Pujo, whatever. Like I, I remember one of my childhood friends, um, we, we became friends on Facebook after, you know, some time and hadn't seen each other in years, but like kept in touch. 
And I used to see her like showing up to Pujo in jeans. And that was like the shit, you know, in New Delhi showing up to Pujo in your designer jeans. And over here, I was like, you look really dumb. Like, what are you doing, girl? <laughs> I was like, over here, we're trying to put on like our newest charities and, you know, whatever, like festive clothes. Cause like, that's what, you know, to me, that's the spirit of Pujo, like part of it. Right. And over there, it was like cool to reject that identity and be like, oh no, I'm here. More westernized. Yeah, like more westernized. And like, we continue seeing that happen where like we seem to be more entrenched in the culture here than a lot of other people happen to be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, rant over. Well, I'd be interested because obviously like growing up is one thing, but now like 2019, 2020, whatever, and like, things have changed a lot. We've grown in terms of our identities and our relationship to it. And so has like representation in pop culture, Mm. but um, I wouldn't say I necessarily like see myself in anything out there in terms of like South Asian representation because it's almost gone to the point where like acknowledging you're brown and that you wear saris from time to time is all you really need to pass the like diversity standard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's almost lost the nuance of it all. Like we get it. Your parents are strict. You're an engineer. You're a doctor. <laughs> we joke about that. Yeah. And then like there's something involving you and a sari and I don't know, but it's like, I don't know. I I can't, I'm having trouble articulating my problem. In a way, I feel like what you're saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, is like, like everything is a very surface level. It's very like, yeah, exactly. Right. But like, and again, I'm not saying a show about the day-to-day minutia of our lives will be exciting, but like, it's a lot more complex than like you know oh look I have some turmeric on my hands from the curry that I ate yesterday or whatever exactly but it doesn't even get to that so like all right I'm naming names so you know there's like the Mindy project which was huge Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um didn't relate to that at all that was like as whitewashed of a South Asian show as you could get I think um like even her she had this great opportunity in terms of like she had her parents on the show and, and there was something to be done with that relationship, but it was really, I think, bungled. Um, what about Aziz? Aziz? He also had his parents on his show. He had his actual parents on the show. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's I think like that a really was... beautiful moment of it overall. Are you crying? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like that. Your voice totally changed. Like really has. <laughs> Sri was so moved by his parents on that show. And I think because it was, I had muted myself to cough off camera, and then apparently had not talked again since then. So that's what oh. was happening. <laughs> I will say, I think like Aziz's show got much closer to like, <laughs> what I was looking for in terms of like the nuance of our relationship to our community and our parents and our culture. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I just feel like South Asian representations are just really twee and even like Brown influencers on social media and things. It's like, I'm Brown. 
that's cool now. So I'm going to get on that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm having trouble articulating my problems with representation these days. I feel like one of the things is that there's always, always this trope of like, oh, let me like, like, okay, Superwoman, for example, does this, right? Where she, um, where she has a lot of skits that like make fun of her parents or like, you know, kind of like caricature her parents. And then like, at the oh, time, you mean Lily Singh? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I actually <laughs> thought like you meant actual woman. Superwoman. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Um, like, so right, yeah, right, so like right. Lily Singh and like I remember before Lily Singh, like Just Rain and then AKA Amazing were also um, mm-hmm. popular. Just Rain was pretty popular on Vine, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I kind of get what you're saying. It's like um, I don't know. It's it's just like not everything is about like rejecting your culture and finding it it again or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, um, and like I guess I'm tired of that. that. Yeah, yeah, right. and like that's what it is. I'm ready well, to see people like embrace it and be cool with it mm-hmm. and like explore mm-hmm. it more. Mm-hmm. And I feel like so on Instagram, I think I have a mixed feeling on like influencer people, and like I follow mm-hmm. some, you know, and I think I also do this thing of like I follow them and I'll get tired of them and I'll unfollow mm-hmm. them or you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the one that does stand out to me that I've kind of s- stuck by for lack of a better word is like Deepika Mutiala, who's the founder of Live Tinted. Um, I feel like she seems, I don't know, she comes off as pretty genuine to me. and I, More real, yeah. Yeah, more real. And I'm not saying like she's perfect, like nobody is. But I feel like there are other folks who, it's like they'll use their Indianness like when it's, you know, it's, it's, it's on brand or whatever like Kamala like, Harris like you know mm. where it's like oh look you know um oh Diwali special with this like makeup yeah, product or whatever exactly. you know but like I don't see them kind of integrating their Indian or brown identities into like mm-hmm. and I'm not saying you have to live it every single day but like where it's or it's lack of a you know dare I say it's a more whitewashed whitewashed version yes, exactly. of their identities where like mm-hmm. I don't know, even like, you know, the way people edit their pictures or they filter things out, like mm-hmm. it, it all looks the same. Like, I mm-hmm. don't know how else to put it, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know. And there's a, you know, there's a couple of um, them that I follow and one of them stands out. I don't remember her name is Shruti something. She wears a, a bindi like 24 seven. And um, I don't know, I, I kind of have mis- mixed feelings about that too, where I'm like, it's very like in your face and it's very like, look, 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 I'm Indian. Like, and you know, her thing is that, Oh, I, I do it to kind of like, you know, enforce my Indian ID. So you like, don't miss it. But I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. It's strange. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Part of, part of the reflection of this journey too is, well, two things come to mind for me. One is thinking about, overall that we have the privilege of having the four of us having grown up in a community that it was a lot more acceptable to be they see that there was a lot more representation overall and that we had a large robust community where we had we had access to a lot of different I guess types of representation but and people um, are our age also right exactly yeah and so and so growing up in that and that being really different from people who potentially grow up in much more isolated situations and 
don't have those same connections or community or representations available to them in their real life where therefore that like unique this American pop culture thing and being able to see different representations of themselves is maybe a lot harder to come by or, or the representations that exist are more real to their experiences. And we potentially have the opportunity where like, we've been able to develop more nuanced and integrated identities ourselves, but that that's not necessarily true for all people who come from this experience by any means, right? Like being South Asian American, you see a lot of the going back to kind of like the Oreo or the uh, Oreo kind of (laughs) style of things. Um, Mm. Weren't we ho-hos, right? Is that like brown on the outside, white on the inside? No, it's coconut. Coconut, that too, yeah. (laughs) And I feel like, again, it's like 2019 and like, Sure, we can all acknowledge that we grew up in different ways, but you look at the people who do have platforms and they're just not making good use of it. Like you want to tell this story fine, but like, I don't know. I feel like it's really irresponsible for, you know, Mindy Kaling, Aziz Ansar, whoever you have, right? To not tell these stories properly because it's not just them. They have to assemble a team to tell these stories. And it is very apparent by the way they, that by the final product and by the credits that like, they don't have the right people on these teams mm-hmm. and they have the opportunity to like elevate people, right? Like there are South Asians everywhere. It's um, like, it, it, yeah, it just requires like, putting an extra effort and to their credit, I think, especially for Mindy Kaling, like I think she is trying (laughs) Mm -hmm. since then um, to do it a bit better. And I think, you know, getting Hasan Minaj on the, in the scene has definitely helped. Um, I'm all over the place. I'm just name dropping at this point, but you get what I'm saying. I think, I think like, for example, with Lily Singh, who yeah. grew up in, uh, I think it's Brampton, Brampton right? Right, which is um, which is a suburb of Toronto where a lot of Punjabi people live. And um, I'm like, so you grew up around brown people, but again, it feels like it feels to me like you're caricaturing your life, exactly. but not, but not in like a nuanced way, right? Like, yeah. Um, yeah. So like yeah, I guess it's it's just that I want to see like less caricatures and more like like even if it's com comedy, like make it comedy that's like you know like punching yeah. up, not punching down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why Hari Kondabolu is such a great role model. I feel like, and ugh, it sucks that more people don't know him, but. Look up Hari Kondabolu. He is a stand-up comedian and um, has actually, like, made a point not to do accents um, because he – and he's been, like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, like – I, I want to tell my parents' stories and integrate them and, and everything because there is a lot of comedy to it. But I'm not going to, like, make – I don't need to make fun of their accents. Like that doesn't need to be a punchline here, which so often the accent is like, Oh, they talk funny. It's so different from us. <laughs> Not their heads. Like so funny. Ha 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 ha. But actually like you lose the opportunity to like 
learn more about these characters and and these different experiences mm-hmm. the through, life stories and the richness the actual of it. stories exactly yeah. um and at this point again because it's 2019 i feel like we have all matured to the point where we don't need to make fun of people's accents anymore <laughs> like mm-hmm. um yeah you know that's what i was gonna say in terms of like part two of thoughts on this which is we're, we all talked about Russell Peters, right? Kind of bringing that as a mm-hmm. as a touch point. And so thinking about 15, 20 years later, I mean, part of what was so amazing about that is not just talking about his own identity, but like talking about a multicultural society overall and like mm-hmm. how fun that was um, to the point that I remember at being at dinner parties and stuff and like several of us, like a whole gaggle of us all being crowded around one computer screen watching his stand up and it it being mm-hmm. such a exciting thing to see this Canadian Indian person to like be talking about these things. Um, but yeah, so with a lot of the really like, you know, famous punchlines that he's known for is like, do I look like Ryan's dad? And <laughs> which is a great one, right? You're like, I mean, he's touching on more stuff than just the accent, but part of it is also him using the accent and like, and talking about immigration though as well. I'm talking about like how, even his dad sees immigration differently or um, talking about seeing two men holding hands. And like, he was touching on all of these nuances of things that I do think for 15, 20 years ago was, was pretty spot on. Mm -hmm. But then to be like, what has happened from there and what is happening in the present day? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. I think one thing, if we can just like pivot to one more topic, I want to talk about music Oh yeah. Um because because I distinctly remember in like 4th or 5th grade like driving back from like an after school elementary activity and me and my sister um listening to two step pangra Mm-hmm. on your iPod shuffle <laughs> on my iPod shuffle yeah and first generation iPod shuffle yes and that's on first generation in multiple ways <laughs> <laughs> that I got for my sweet 16th birthday Ooh. yeah, yeah. And that was like that was like a big deal I don't know if have y'all like heard that song I don't that think song is a bop it's Two stuck in my head right now yes I didn't uh, learn about Pongra until well into high school <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like Pongra is everywhere now. Like it's yeah, it's everywhere now. Yeah, it's exactly. everywhere. Yeah. And, yeah, and like Ross and lots of. I think it's very interesting that they're both like very North Indian, and like, and that's not to say that like, but people from all over the brown spectrum partake in them, and even mm-hmm. like yeah. non-brown people and the white spectrum, them. yeah. Yeah, like, and I know, like, people, there's, like, black people, white people, Chinese people, like, every kind of student who loves dance says, like, you, when you look at the makeup of teams, like, it, it's not limited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think it is very interesting that, like, it's a very North Indian, like, you know, centric stuff that's, like, very widespread now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there there are also, for example, a lot of universities um, that have large brown populations now to do um, classical dance. Um, yeah, it's things. it's picking up now, uh, which I I love. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or shout out to Pen Masala as well. Yeah, yeah. that um, having been a large thing. Also, thanks for reaching out, yes. collaborating with us, Pen Masala. Appreciate you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then like ISA, BSA, PSA, um, Whoa, SASA. What? 
So, what are those? <laughs> All um, of the associations. Associations. Yeah. Like oh, I Indian, see. South Asian, Bengalis, Pakistani, Sri yeah. Lanka, Hindu, Muslim, like all of these things all the um, essays yeah yeah i th- I, th- I think it's so um i think that college like it's become so normalized for people to like go to like brown events when they're in in college now or stuff like that which is like pretty cool and probably not something that like existed 15 20 years and ago holy parties i feel like that's a big one people are like we yeah. get to go to the green and like throw shit at each other great i'll be there <laughs> yeah i actually didn't do any of that in college i didn't I, go to any brown events i didn't red, red. Uh, like i wasn't part of the any student associations didn't definitely didn't go to any the wally or holy parties <laughs> and i think that's just because i was in a program that didn't have any brown people in it mm. Mm. But I also didn't take the like initiative to go out and seek it out on my own. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, you also I lived in New York, so plenty of it was there. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I just didn't go. I, didn't, yeah, I don't know. It's on me. Mm-hmm. Like at school, I remember very distinctly like that there was like a group of people that were considered brown town. And Brown Town mm-hmm. is all of the people who like really like participated in those cl- in those clubs, and so it was like, oh, I'm going to a Brown Town party, <laughs> or like, oh, God. Yeah. and there were also like Brown Friends school, and there are like Indian sororities and fraternities now, so like, mm-hmm. you know, lots lots of things. Yeah. Um, but it was so normalized when I went to school; it was just like. Not that everyone was a part of these communities, but it was, at least I didn't encounter anyone who really like looked down on, on, on that. Like it was available to us, I think, which in itself is like a privilege, like, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we like, I think again, like, I think we're kind of spoiled because it's like, oh, like it was there for us when we wanted it, but like, we didn't have to be a part of it, but it, probably is not as ubiquitous like as we think it is like it probably it is in areas where there's large populations of us but probably not like i don't know in the middle from a smaller town or a more isolated area or um, well it's interesting that you say that there wasn't anyone who looked down on it because i feel like to an extent this is gonna sound so fucked up but to an extent i kind of looked down on those student associations. Yeah. Because no, to me, to that. it was like Bollywood and food and that's it, mm. which I do. I, I'm not really into Bollywood. Um, and I feel like there's so much more than just like dressing up and eating, <laughs> which sounds, and like, obviously now I'm like, Oh my God, of course uh, I'll take any excuse to like, go eat some, you know, Indian food with some new, you know, brown friends or whatever, or like brown food with brown friends, whatever. But at the time I just like was not into that, which isn't to say that I didn't, I wasn't interested in my culture. Cause I remember like seeking out classes on like ancient Indian literature and things like that. Which is fucking um, rad by the way. <laughs> really cool. But also there were only two South Asian people in that class. Mm. so and it was incredible like we were learning about you know like Bonini like how many people of our generation know who Bonini is he was a Sanskrit scholar like (laughs) very like 
um, kind of like Ishar Chandra Bidashagar for Bengali, but, or sorry, um, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. The person for Bengali, but for Sanskrit. Anyway, just very, very influential. And like we read, you know, all these ancient texts um, that were that were just so cool. And, and there's like India, and I mean India as in like the entire subcontinent, which is what it was before it was, you know, chopped up and things. But like the history goes back thousands and thousands of years, which I feel like oftentimes we can lose sight of, not just we as like our generation, even like our our parents and our grandparents might lose sight of the fact that our history goes back so, so far. Yeah. The richness of it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But how much of that do we actually know? Mm. These are the questions. These the are the questions. questions. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like we got to, unfortunately, wrap it up for today, but fun stuff that we definitely want to continue connecting on and thinking about as we, as we plod through our, our life, I guess, really overall, this is, this is life's work and mission, I feel like. Um, But again, wanting to hear from folks too, about like what stands out to you, any particular, this American pop culture media representation stuff that. Any hot takes. Yeah. That was Mm -hmm. pivotal to you. Some, some chai, if you have, if you want to spill some chai for us, um, do that. You can always get at us at South Asian SMH on Instagram and Facebook. And you can also check out our website, which is www.susma.org, S-A-S-M-H-A.org. Feel free to contact us through the website, Instagram, Facebook for any questions, topic ideas for future podcast episodes, as well as to find out a little bit about our workshops and what it could be like to meet with us in person, because that's something Mm -hmm. we do as well. Cool. Thank you all for joining us. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Bye. Peace. Bye. Bye.